and welcome to Act 2, a podcast by Choosing Him Ministries with hosts Tisha James and myself, Andrew Pace. Join us as we talk with others to learn more about moments when their own lives encountered in Act 2. Good morning, listeners. We are going international today. International. Here international. We go. I know, you guys, we have Rachel Rubin Osorio. Is that how you pronounce your last name? Yes, that okay. was perfect. Okay, we have her with us all the way from Uruguay. So, yeah. Rachel, good morning. Good morning. Okay, so we say Uruguay. People are like, where's Uruguay? Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll start I there. I probably think it's in Africa, but it's in South America, the very southern part of South America. It, like, joins Argentina and Brazil. So we live on the on the coast in between Argentina and Brazil. Wow. It's a long way away. It's a tiny country. There's only 3 million people in the whole country. I bet it's beautiful. It's really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's, and, um, it's funny. Our, for our listeners, you'll have to go on to YouTube and watch this if you're listening to it because Rachel is not Spanish. <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> Rachel is redhead white skin like she is from the south from auburn alabama and um so you'll have to go see how beautiful you know she is but she you're gonna it's, it's just different you have to say from uruguay and you're thinking spanish but um right, latin, but but, there you go yeah. yes my husband is very latin but okay. i am not yeah yes, yes. so anyway. tell us a little bit about yourself you. your life mm-hmm. and uh Great. what led you to uruguay um, yeah, so, yeah, I guess I have to tell you about my life way before I came to yes, Uruguay to absolutely. Kind of understand more so why I'm here. So I was born, um, the year that I was born, my dad started working at a campus ministry in Auburn, Alabama that's called Auburn Christian Fellowship, mm-hmm. ACF is what we say for short, and um, yeah, so th- that was the year I started, that I was born, he started working there, and so my whole entire life, I've grown up around college kids and around campus ministry. And, um, I just, yeah, I fit, well, it, wow. It is really a long story, but I, I'll try to summarize it. So my whole life I grew up, um, yeah, around the church, around campus ministry and just really loved it. Um, like I never, you know, a lot of people have really cool testimonies. I, my testimony is that from the day I was born, um, my parents and everyone around me were teaching me about who God was and about his incredible love for us and, um, about Jesus and all this stuff. And, you know, I think at a very young age, I was like being molded into already being a Christian. And so Um, it's always been a part of my life and I'm extremely thankful for that, um, now. And so when I was in college, so yeah, that was my life. Um, I was in college and at first I was like, I don't want to go to ACF because I'm going to go find my own people, um, (laughs) my own place. I don't want to just do what my dad does. So I, you know, tried out a lot of different campus ministries and um, like going to a few different um, campus ministries at different churches and things like that and just ended up back at ACF. I think for two reasons, one of those being because my 
the my freshman intern was very intentional with me and um, trying to get me to be involved and all that kind of stuff. I'm so thankful for her. And also because ACF felt like one of the only places where, you know, you didn't have to be this incredible Christian to come and be a part of it. ACF's kind of for everyone. So I would say the idea of ACF is to be a Christian community for everyone, no matter if you're a Christian or not, and no matter where you come from or what your background is or what you believe, but it's like, hey, come, you know, like come and see what it's like to to be a part of a Christian community, even if you're not a Christian. And I think that that's kind of how my dad forever raised us, mm-hmm. um, you know, around all of these different types of people. So we were kind of always being taught, I guess, that like Jesus really is for everyone, no matter who you are and where you're from. And so I think it kind of felt weird sometimes maybe going to certain churches or other things like that, like, oh, wait, no, I don't think that I could bring my friend who isn't a believer. I don't think Mm -hmm. I could bring this other person to this Christian community. And so I like loved ACF for that reason and a lot of other reasons, obviously, but ended up getting really involved at ACF. And um, ACF is really connected with this organization that's called Christian Missionary Fellowship International, CMF. And CMF has several different... um, like facets of ministry and one of them is campus ministry international campus ministry and so if you go to ACF from the first day you walk in the door you're hearing about global scope which is this international campus ministry facet of Christian Missionary Fellowship International and so you know they're like always telling you like about if you like ACF there are other little ACFs all over the world. Mm -hmm. So you can go serve at ACF. You can go be a part of ACF in different places. So it's really cool. Um, So they have a program where you can go and be an exchange student for a semester. You don't have to study. You can just go and kind of be a leader in their ministry for a semester. And so I um, was really interested in doing that. Went down to Chile, which is just a couple countries over from me right now. Um, my junior year of college, I took a semester off, went to Chile, just like absolutely fell in love with the ministry there. Um, it was incredible to me to see how similar like college kids in Chile were to college kids in the United States and just how like there didn't like at Auburn, I think there's like 17 campus ministries maybe, but in Chile there was like one, which was the the place that I was serving at that semester. And so I got back from Chile and was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go back to Chile. Um, And had started. So Rachel, let me stop you there for our listeners who've never heard of campus ministry. Describe, tell our listeners what that is. So they know the context of what you're saying when you go in internal. So they understand what that is. Great. So campus ministry Mm -hmm. is basically a community for university students. Um, It is, I would say, like a church for university students. Um, But I think it, this might sound kind of bad, but I think it's like almost like what church should be for everyone, but for university students. So, you know, when you're in college, it's like everything is like so much fun and you're just so excited to meet so many people. And it's like, there's all these events for you to go and be a part of. And, you know, you really live your life together Um, and that's what campus ministry is. It's this community of, it's kind of like a family, um, 
a way to connect with God. Like it's, it's, um, you know, there's small groups, there are different events to reach out to people who aren't a part of the community. There's Bible studies, there's worship nights. Um, there's like Sunday night church every, once every month. Um, there are retreats. Uh, there are a ton of different opportunities mm-hmm. for you to get connected to God. So, so that's what you experienced uh, growing up and that's what you yeah. have duplicated now yes. as you have left. Yes, yes, yes. My whole life has been campus ministry. So um, does that make sense? Does that Yeah, absolutely. It does. Yeah, I I was still stuck on the fact that you were born literally in Auburn because I was a freshman, yeah, when your family came. And um, I didn't realize that that's when you were born. What year? 29 years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, Um, I'm I'm feeling a little old right now. No, you don't look old. Well, I'm feeling that you were you were my flower girl in my wedding, and I'm feeling a little bit old now. But um, <laughs> I know time definitely changed. It does. It does. Um, so okay, so you've spent a semester interning. Uh huh. So I was in Chile for a semester. Definitely wanted to work for Global Scope when I graduated. I always like everyone always asked me like, "What do you want to do with your life?" And I was just like, "I just really love people. Like, I just want to like be with people, but never." could I could never think of like what does that look like and so like when I was in Chile for semester with this campus ministry I was like oh this is kind of what I feel like I was made for um so went back to the states and finished college was having conversations with the people from CMF to say like hey I want to work here um like forever what do I need to do you know started that whole application process And then they were like, okay, so it's awesome that you want to go to Chile, but there's also an opportunity in Uruguay. We're going to start a campus ministry there. Would you be interested in being on that team? And I really wanted to go back to Chile. (laughs) And so it's like, well, I really want to go back to Chile, but I can think about Uruguay. And so started thinking and praying about that. And literally for nine months, like, no lie for every other day I would be like okay I really am so sure today that God is telling me that I really need to go to Chile and then the next day (laughs) I would say nope I am so sure that I am supposed to go to Uruguay so like really they're just I was annoying everyone in my life my family and all of my friends because I'm like okay today I'm going to Chile and then the next day Right. That's what I'm saying. 
I've never met anyone from Uruguay. Right. Well, <laughs> Not here. country in, in Auburn, Alabama. And right. so I was like, what? So I dropped everything, went to the coffee shop, sat down, talked to her. She was incredible. We talked for like two hours. And at the end of our conversation, she said, okay, well, I just have to be really honest with you. And I was like, okay. And she said, I think you should go to Chile. And I said, why? And she said, because, you know, I've lived in Uruguay my whole life. And um, I just, I don't think what you guys are going to do is going to work there. And I said, why not? And she said, well, the only religious person that I know is my grandma. And she goes to mass like on Easter and Christmas. And that's it. And there are so many Christians in Chile, and I thought, okay, great, I'm going to Uruguay. So I <laughs> left the coffee shop, called my team leader's wife, she's one of my best friends, Claudia, and said, Claudia, I think that this was God hitting me up side the head with what I need to do, and I'm going to go to Uruguay with you guys. And so then wow. started the whole process of support raising, and um, then graduated college, in December 2015 and in February 2016 moved down here to Uruguay and now six years later I have a dog a cat a husband and a daughter <laughs> here in my house in Uruguay so yeah that's kind of a little bit of context of how I'm here now when you moved down there did you have like a time frame like I'll go for a year or two yeah and... my, my original commitment was mm -hmm. three years mm -hmm. yeah and just built my life here. I mean, this is where, this is the first place I've, I've lived after college, you know, when you like leave college and it's like, okay, what am I, what is my life gonna look like now? And all of that was here for me. And so, you know, came at first, it was just three years and then kept like feeling like I needed to stay and needed to stay. And then I got married to your wine and it's like, okay, well we're here now. And this is just where, yeah, so original commitment was three yeah. years, and now double that later, mm -hmm. <laughs> here I am, still here. Yeah, yeah. and that, that first three years enabled your mom to say, okay, you can go. <laughs> right. I, I support this. Three right. years. I can do three years. I know, and then now here we are, poor Laura. <laughs> I know, I know. Man, what an incredible ministry. So tell us, what when you went down to Uruguay, what does that you know, obviously, I know ACF. I know how the format works. But how did you start that? If you went into a a place that did not have Christian, you know, churches on every corner, if they weren't Christians and didn't know what that looked like, how do you introduce that to them? Um, and how do you get them to buy in? Before you even answer that, I have a question that okay. you probably know the answer to. Go ahead. But I'm just not as smart as Tisha. Um no. How, does this That's constitute <laughs> as a a missionary or okay so you do fall under the missionary category mm -hmm. yes, okay I, I would assume you did yeah. but I just wanted to make sure like that because uh -huh. campus ministry yeah, is great. okay yeah that is a great clarifying question I am a missionary okay yeah. okay mm -hmm. a right. full-time missionary perfect so that is my only job here and yeah so um Really, the girl that I met in Auburn, the Uruguayan girl, was not lying. There are not, I mean, there are like some, there is definitely a bubble of Christians here. Um, but they, you know, the, over the six years, almost seven years that I've been here, 
I have seen so many missionaries come and go and come and go and come and go. And, and my pastors say that, um, who they, I don't even know who they is, but they say that they call Uruguay the cemetery for missionaries. So Uruguay back in the early 1900s separated church and state, um, completely. And so you are not allowed to have any religion, anything involved in anything public and it is a socialist country. And so everything is public. So, you know, school is free, medical care is free. Everything is free basically. So, um, yeah, that just means like no church, no religion and anything. And so the people that we are working with, their grandparents were probably who are most of them are already dead. They were probably the last generation of people that had any like hint of Christianity in um, their lives. So it is a very interesting place to be because I come from Auburn, Alabama, where like the cool thing to do is to, you know, be a Christian and, you know, Mm -hmm. be really involved in your church and in all of these like, like generous organizations and that kind of thing. And here that is like not the case. Christians are seen as like really weird people and, you know, things that we're taught as Christians from a very young age, like they are not taught at all. And so there's just like, we're very different. Um, but the cool, I think that, I hope this doesn't sound like really conceited, but I really do kind of feel like I was made to, or raised to be here in Uruguay because of what I was saying about how I think that my dad and the community, the, the campus ministry that he has in Auburn is like, yeah, well, anyone is welcome and this is who we are and this is what we believe and anyone is welcome to come and experience that with us. Mm -hmm. And so, um, got to, yeah, just got here. And I, I think the first couple of years, it was really just like, say yes to everything. So like, if someone invites you to go to a rugby game, which like, I don't know anything about rugby. Yeah, great. Okay, let's go. If someone asks you to go rollerblade, Okay, yeah, I'll go <laughs> like just kind of like say yes to anything to meet people and and um, get to know the the country and the culture and everything really well, so that you can kind of learn how to reach the people here. So I got here and I had a team. The way that we the way that this organization works is that we have a team. You're not alone here. So I'm a, I when I first got here was on a team of. Um, six people and you know the team everyone has different commitments and so there's some committed for two or three or four years whatever um so that has like changed now I'm on a team of five people um currently and so anyway got here and we were like okay let's try to do everything to meet Uruguayans so it was like I don't know, just really saying yes to everything. And then we decided, okay, let's start in English because everyone that we were meeting, they were like, oh my gosh, I want to practice English. And so we said, okay, well, let's start an English um, group. So we we rented out a campus house, like we rented out this space and decorated it super cute, all that stuff, and, and went to the campuses and just passed out these flyers that said like, hey, free English practice on Thursday nights at this place at this time 
and uh, we I think we handed out brownies as well with that and so uh, people started coming to our house to practice English with us on Thursday nights and um, that's really how we started building relationships with people and that's how our community kind of started and then uh, a little bit later on we introduced a Bible study so we don't have anything Christian in our name. Our ministry is called La Ruta, which is like the route, I guess, in English. Um, so like we don't have anything Christian in our name and we don't scream like, hey, we're a Christian community whenever we're telling people what we are. But something that I think I have learned about reaching out to non-believers is that you just have to be really authentic with, about who you are and what your life is like. And so you know, we're not like, hey, we're Christians, but we're also not scared to say, hey, we're Christians. And um, so, you know, when people would ask what we are and, and who we are and what we do, we would say, you know, we're a um, Christian community for non-believers. That's how we describe ourselves a lot of the time. Um, so you don't have to be a Christian to come, but we do feel like we believe that we're called to love everyone um, who we cross paths with. And so we have dedicated our lives to loving university students. So um, anyone's welcome to come hang out and uh, be a part of what we do. So the, that's how we started. Uh, so a lot of people were like very confused because they were like, wait, y'all are really cool, nice people and you're Christians? Really? What? Okay, yeah, I do want to come to this Bible study and hear about more of what you guys believe and that was just like some of the craziest times I've ever experienced in my life were those first few bible studies because we would talk about like uh just like so many stories that we know by heart um and our students were shocked and so it was really cool I, I remember this very specific moment where one of the girls who had been hanging out with a lot her name's Florencia um, she, yeah, she, we were talking about the story of the woman caught in adultery. And I feel like when, you know, at churches, like you have to be really creative about talking about that story because everyone knows it by heart. And it's kind of like, yeah, okay. You know, everyone brought her out into the street and we're like, Jesus, look at this woman. She's committing a sin. And he bends down and writes in the sand. And maybe what did he write in the sand? I don't know. And, um, yeah, so we're just like talking. So our Bible study, we always start off our, our talk. Then we split up into groups in the middle of the talk and have conversations about what the topic is. And then we finish the talk saying, okay, so we as Christians believe this and this is how we can apply it to our lives and that kind of thing. And um, so we were like in the, in the talk, in the conversation groups and this girl floor is like well I think the right thing to do would be to say all of none of you here are perfect either and so I don't want to hear this but I bet Jesus like da, 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 and started talking about how Jesus probably like was going to condemn her and you know all this stuff mm -hmm. and so then it was like we get we finished the talk and we're like this is what this is how the story ends and she was just like that can't be the same Jesus that I've heard about. Wow. And wow. so just like, it was so cool. So many moments of like, or for us as Christians, we're like, yeah, okay, we're going to talk about grace today. And like, we think grace is so such a beautiful thing. And so such a hard 
like a beautifully hard concept that really transforms lives. And our students are like, Grace, that is so stupid. No, an eye for an eye is really how we should live, you know, that kind of thing. And they don't have any like preconceptions about, about that. And so they don't mind just saying that. And so they're super honest. So, um, it's like real, our Bible studies are really cool because they're like presenting these ideas that our students have maybe never heard about. And, um, these stories that, yeah, we know by heart, but they've never heard before. Wow. So it's like, it's such a big surprise. So I bet that's yeah, a beautiful thing. Started the Bible studies and, um, kind of started small groups, which like red love does with a group of people. And that was really, um, transformative for many people read the Bible with different groups of people just to kind of be like, okay, I know that you've heard about God, but this is what we believe God is like and his son is like, and um, this is how we believe we should live as Christians. And it's been surprising to a lot of students. And now our community has shifted a little bit in the sense, like a lot of our students have become believers and so they're kind of leaders in the community and um like we our english group now is just like something we do because it's like a cool instance to have people come to the house but uh that's not the the focus now um so it's been it's been a really cool shift and a really exciting like thing to get to see over the past six years that's amazing so how many people do you have involved now from the university this year we have um the pandemic was really kind of like mm-hmm. hard for everyone obviously um but i would say before the pandemic we probably had so our two main events are we have trivia lunch on tuesdays which is a free lunch and we play trivia and then on thursdays we have our bible study those are two big events um and i would say before the pandemic there were like 40 people coming to trivia lunch and maybe 25 people coming to our bible study and Literally, by the grace of God, this year we have had 60 people coming to Trivia Lunch and, like, 40 people coming to our Bible study. Wow, wow. So that's incredible. It's, it's really been incredible. And, um, I mean, we're connected to so many more students than that because we have people, like, the rest of our days are filled up with, like, coffee dates or lunch dates mm-hmm. or, you know, um, trying to think of creative ways to connect with students and small groups and Bible studies and things like that. Well, that is so cool, Rachel. I'm so proud of you. That's probably not the words you're supposed to use, but (laughs) I I am. And I'm because it's not easy to leave the comfort of our homes here in America. It's not easy to leave everything that we've always known and to step out into the unknown, to step out into a different Mm -hmm. culture. But man, how incredible to sit across the table from somebody who's never heard the stories of the Bible, who's never heard of Jesus, and be able to see that light going are you kidding? He loves me. He has grace for me. Like that, that fire that would come up within me just to sit across that table like that would be like, this is what we were created for. This is awesome. And you just can't get that here in the States. I mean, I I shouldn't say you can't get it. It It's very difficult to to minister here in the States. And you definitely don't typically get that kind of response. No, no. I mean, we really are, and I'm not saying this in like a tossing my hair kind of way, but we really are a lot of 
our, like a lot of our students, um, yeah, we're like really probably the only Christians in their lives, not just, I mean, surely some people that they know will go to mass maybe, but we really are probably the only Christians that are, are living out their faith in their lives that they've ever met. So it's, it really is like, it's a, it, it is crazy. It puts you on fire. It's like, Oh my word. Mm -hmm. Every time that I've thought like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to quit or whatever. And just want to go back home. Then I have another conversation with someone and I'm like, no, how could I just quit? You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. Right. So during your time there at, um, what do you call it? Okay. I can't pronounce the name of it. La Ruta. A lot of Rutha. I'm terrible. At that. Damn, that was you, you met someone that um, you got to minister to first, became a friend. Tell us about that relationship. Okay, so my husband was actually the first person that we ever baptized at La Ruta. Um, so it's a crazy story also how we met him because my team leader had gotten here months before the rest of the team got here to kind of get to know the area and be able to teach us all once we got here. So he had been trying to meet students and had not met anyone. And one day he had gone to the school, like to the university, got home super bummed out because he hadn't met anyone. And his wife, Claudia, one of my best friends, was looking out. She, they lived on the water. And she was just like, oh, look, David, there's some guys playing soccer. Um, right there by the water. Why don't you go just play with them? Um, and David said, okay. And Claudia thought this moment is really important. And so she started mm. filming David crossing the street <laughs> to go ask these guys if he play soccer with them. And my husband was one of those guys. And so, um, and it's funny to hear Chris tell the story because he is like, yeah, there's random Chilean man that just walked up to us and was like, hey, can I play with y'all? And then a week later, he was in my apartment playing PlayStation with me and talking about God. Mm. And like, it's it's just so crazy. So they became really good friends before I had even arrived to Montevideo. And a funny thing is, Chris had uploaded a picture on Instagram or on Facebook with David in it. And so David was tagged in the picture. And I was like, hmm? That boy is really cute. Maybe you're going to be really attractive. Um, and so then when I met Chris, I was like, oh, I've already seen him on Facebook. Oh, how funny. <laughs> um, so the first time we ever met was we were getting our campus house ready. So he came to help us, like, clean, deep clean and, like, get furniture in and all that stuff. So that was the first time we'd ever met. And my Spanish was not very good when I first got here. And so I had to take a lot of Spanish classes and, like, do... Uh, I knew like a little bit from what I'd learned before being here. But I remember one time saying like, I like, he was trying to talk to me and I was just like, I'm very sorry. I need to learn more Spanish before we can talk <laughs> because I just couldn't really understand him. So um, anyway, we were just like around each other a lot and he was a, a big part of our ministry. And um, was he a Christian? He was not a Christian. The only thing that Chris had ever heard about God was that his grandpa would say, you gotta be careful what you do because God punishes. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was literally the only thing he'd ever heard about God. And his grandmother is Mormon. So he had like sometimes gone to play soccer with 
Mormons in the town that he's from. But other than that, he'd never had contact with Christians. And so, um, yeah, we just like got to know each other from him being around the community and (coughs) kind of really long, it's a really long story for another day, but, um, ended up falling in love and now here we're married and he got baptized at the end of our first year here. And that was still today, like one of the most incredible, I think moments that we've ever had. We didn't have a place to baptize him. So we bought like a blow up pool and put it on our roof of the roof of the campus house and filled it up with water and had told all of our students like, Hey, we're going to baptize this guy. They were all confused because they were like, I thought only a priest could do that. You guys aren't priests. What? And we were like, well, just come and you'll see what it's like. And we'll explain it there. So we had like the, the first like group of students that had been around our ministry were all there. And he picked out some songs that he wanted us to sing. So we all sang some songs and, um, got to explain what baptism was and why we felt like we could do it. Um, even though we're not priests yeah, and yeah. baptized him in this little blow up pool and all confetti. And then we had a big Aww. cookout afterwards. So it was like really beautiful celebration. And, um, yeah, now we're married and here we are. Wow. wow that's such a sweet story. That is so sweet. <laughs> I, I, so we always, I, I hate this phrase. When I say this phrase, I hate it. Like, I hate the phrase <laughs> missionary dating because I feel like it's so something your youth pastor from 1985 would say if you brought someone that you were interested in. They'd be like, okay, Andra, let's not missionary date. You know, like, but, but so that's one of those things that, like, people really do kind of, like, w- advise against always. Like, you know, like, oh, don't do it, don't do it. But you yeah. were in that situation where you were dating a man who was probably asking questions and curious, uh-huh. but not saved yet. Like, mm-hmm. how can you speak on that? And and what does that look like as a Christian? Yeah, I also laughed when I heard that because I it made me think of my favorite movie in the whole entire world when I was little was A Walk to Remember. Oh, yes. 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 Like, I think a pastor's daughter and, like, starts dating this bad boy and her dad's (laughs) like, no. And my mom would always say, no, that's missionary dating. It doesn't work. Missionary dating doesn't work. And she'd always talk like that. Which I would say, I don't really think, I would say we we missionary dated because I was a missionary. to get to know God. And, uh, so 
I would say we like my influence in that more than anything was just me being authentic, Mm -hmm. me being myself and him being like, wow, that's incredible. Like, I want to be more like that too. Um, so yeah, he actually, from the first time that he met me was wanting to date me and, and my team leader was like, Nope, y'all can't date. You guys can't date. And so, you know, like he was, we were getting to know each other and I wasn't even aware of that. I had no idea. So I was just like being myself, getting to know him and getting to know everyone else at the same time. And then, um, it ended up working out later on, but so, yeah, I think like the, it, it was, it is different because he was a new Christian. I mean, he became a Christian six years ago. I've been a Christian for 29 years. And so, um, I remember having a conversation with my dad where he said, you know, you, you might have to be the spiritual leader in this relationship for a little bit. Um, and that was definitely something to think about and have to decide if I was going to be okay with it or not. And it really has just been incredible. And I really think that it's literally, there's no other way to describe it other than like the faithfulness of God. Like, I think that, I mean, he's my first boy. I'd never dated anyone else before Chris. He's my Mm. first boyfriend ever. And he has a very different story than I do. And so it's just like literally the grace of God, the faithfulness of God. um, And, and yeah, really knowing who I was before, before we started dating, who mm-hmm. my identity in Christ and, um, just like living that out, trying to live that out and him seeing that and being like, what you can, like, these things can, this is what your life can look like if you're a Christian. Okay. I want to start reading my Bible then and getting to know Jesus and, mm-hmm. um, becoming more like him. So I think that's yeah. beautiful in the sense that, you know, dating a, a person who's asking questions or possibly a non-Christian or something, so often the Christian will meld to their way. You know, it's, it's easier sometimes to pull someone into that direction. But with you, you were very strong and you were very focused on showing him who Christ was and not deviating from that. And so if... You know, I'm sure he looked at you and thought, if I'm if I'm going to love Rachel, I need to figure out who this God guy is and see how I feel about that because she is so strong in her faith. She is not budging. Mm-hmm. And that's that's beautiful. It is. And it's I think the, the flip side of that or the other side of that coin is that we as Christians think that we can we can save someone. Mm-hmm. So we're like, OK, so this is what you do. And we put ourselves in that position to be the savior versus saying, I'm going to seek Jesus and I hope you're seeking Jesus alongside of me. Yes. And and that's what you and Chris got to do is that Chris saw, saw Jesus in you. And then he was like, I want to get to know him. So he went to the Bible to know more about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. that that is a very healthy way. I mean, if you're going to be in a relationship that ends in marriage, that's what you mm-hmm. want. Right. You want mm-hmm. him to yeah. be seeking yeah. Jesus, not you yes. or Jesus through you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's been a journey now. I mean, we started, yeah, it's been a journey and, but it's really beautiful. I really think Mm -hmm. like I'm in such a different place than I would have ever thought that I would have been in, (laughs) but here we are. And it's like, great. It's, it's been awesome. Yeah. That 
That's wonderful. Well, speaking back to your um, campus ministry, how do you fundraise that? And how do you get the funds to keep that going? Yeah, so each of us that work on work at the ministry, we all have to raise support before coming to the field. So um, I really spent like the whole year before I was here uh, meeting with with um, people, my parents' friends, my best friend's parents, my church, other churches that people have put me into contact with and asking them to join us in this mission. And so um, the, the biggest – so we have to raise all of our money to live our lives, to have a house, eat food, you know, all that stuff, and all the money to run the ministry. And so um, we have a campus house, and, we, you know, we do give free food to get people into the house. We have, mm-hmm. like, um, lots of different events. We pay the bills, that kind of thing. So all of it is funded through really generous people and really generous churches who are um, willing to – who really believe, I think, in this mission and are, are wanting to be a part of it as well. And um, that felt – it was really hard – Obviously, it's it's not an easy thing to do, but I just like can like I remember talking with someone and just thinking, and they asked me. They said I get um, probably twenty five support letters each year. Why should I support you? Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, probably all of the twenty five uh, the twenty five people that are sending you support letters are in a place where there are other Christian ministries reaching out to people there are none in Uruguay. Like, yeah, you should choose me. Right. <laughs> and, what, like, and I think that that has remained true over, you know, the six years that I've been here is I'm so thankful for all of the people that are a part of our mission with us and are the, like, I think of it as like, a like they are the heart, you know, that is, mm-hmm. And in the body, they're the heart that is really um, praying for us and, you know, pumping the blood to the rest, to the hands and the feet. And we're the hands and the feet who are here um, able to do the work. So, so yeah, that's what, that's what it looks like for us. That's great. That's great. And we know as a nonprofit that has to function on fundraising, it is not easy to ask that. Um, it's, it's, it's very difficult, but, um, man, as a person who gets to pour into someone else's nonprofit or, you know, missionary work, we can't all be out there. We can't all be on the field in other countries, but by supporting someone who is, you are out there with them. And that is really, really special. It's really cool. And I just really think of all of the students, like, I don't want to sound cheesy, but I just think of like all of the students' lives who have drastically changed um, and who are now like trying to live their lives following the Lord, following mm-hmm. Jesus. And I'm like, that literally, hopefully, maybe one day they would have met someone that that could have shown them a loving God mm-hmm. um, and introduced them to who the God that I, the way that I believe that God is. Um, and, but I just can't help to think like if it weren't for people like Tisha and Russ supporting us, like those students 
maybe would never, I mean, their lives would just look so different, so different. And so it really is a huge gift. And yeah, you guys know what nonprofit work mm-hmm. is like. And so I don't have to talk more about that, but it, it really is just like so impactful every penny is so impactful really and it's such a trickle down river that you you know there'll be people in heaven one day we'll meet that we won't Mm -hmm. ever meet on earth you know you'll be like oh my goodness like I was praying for you and Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I was praying for you specifically and you know that's gonna be amazing one day right we get to see that it's, it's kind of a cool um so like yeah people are supporting me um to be here and I'm working at La Ruta, um, working with these students and and right now thinking that two of the two of the girls that I've poured into are now in the United States, worked with my dad this past year at really? his campus ministry. Neither of them were Christians before we were here in Uruguay. One of the girls is now living in Australia, worked at the campus ministry in Australia, was not a Christian before we got here. Um, we've had two Uruguayan interns come through our ministry. One of them was a Christian before, um, one of them wasn't. Um, and it's just like, yeah, like it's such this cool, I mean, it really is like, we're all a part of the body mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's this cool, I can't even think of how to say it, but this cool, like cyclical thing that just continues and, you know, the generosity of people there are now like it is now like getting poured back into um the people in the United States it's just like yeah. it's really cool to yeah. see how how that all works yeah so sure. for one of our, our listeners because our listeners typically are women you know and, mm-hmm. and and we have them in our 20s and 30s and 40s 50s and 60s it's really interesting our our demographics for this but mm-hmm. knowing growing up in the states and living in Uruguay, how, what would be your advice? What would be the, the, um, how would you speak into the American woman who is wrapped up in what the culture says is important? Um, who's a Christian who, how do you share with them? Like really what is the heart of God in our lives that we should be letting pour from us? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, can you speak to, to that? I mean, what, I'm really asking here, but um, you've you've seen both cultures. You've seen what yeah, the push is. Yeah. So how how do we as because we're here in the states ministering, you know, as well, and uh-huh. there's different ways to reach different mm-hmm. people. Um, and right. unless you've gone and experienced a different culture, all we know is what we know. And our culture here is very materialistic. It's very self um, focused. It's very, you know, what, what is this ministry? I'll plug into it, but what are you going to do for me? You know, yeah. um, I'll go to this church as long as, you know, I feel entertained or it makes me happy. But as soon yeah. as I don't, I'm out. Um, how do you balance? That's not even the right word. I forgot what I'm asking. But how would we as ministers here in America really advise women and try to grab their hearts for Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um I don't even know. I'm not. I'm not asking this very well. I just yeah, like see what's really important. Is yeah. that what you're asking? Yeah, I guess so. You know, because how do way? you share that with people in Uruguay? How do you teach them what yeah. is important um, in comparison to how we would teach people here that yeah. what is really important? 
I think a really important thing to do is to really push yourself to to connect with people that are nothing like you um economically maybe racially um spiritually people that are very different from you and and actually make them your friends Mm -hmm. uh I think like I we see a lot of people come in and out and in and out and I think the the people that have the biggest impact and the people that are able to like do ministry and the long, like the long term kind of thing are people who aren't just thinking about what do I have to give to this person? Um, or I have like this thing that I know is going to fix their lives for this person. Um, because a lot of time the person may, might not accept that. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that they're not worth your time anymore. And so, I w- yeah, I would say, like, kind of having a more friendship mentality mm-hmm. with the people that you come into contact with that are very different from you. Um, what can you learn from them? What? Why do you think that they are the way that they are? Why do you think that they have had such a hard time in their lives? Or, um, yeah, I just think it's super important to to – be humble, have a, mm-hmm. a humble mm-hmm. um, attitude in in meeting other people and helping other people and um, just like look for people who are the most different from you yeah. than you could imagine and really try to try to figure out how to be friends with them and not just like, oh, this is my, my charity right. that I'm right. helping out or... Um, and I know that some people that might be harder because of your life. I mean, if you're working and you have a family and you're taking care of your family and you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I would just encourage people because I think to do that, because I think a lot of my life is probably pretty similar, more similar than you got. I mean, it looks very different. Like I kind of want to show you outside my window so that you can see what it looks like. Like it looks very different. Um, it is very different from a life in the States. Like you guys have heat. I don't have heat. Um, no one here has heat. No one here is ever going to know what a fluffy towel feels like because there aren't like a lot of dryers. And so it's like you hang your clothes outside and your towels outside and they never really dry all the way and things like that. So it's like little ways like that. My life is very different mm-hmm. and my life is really similar. Um, because, yeah, I think if I were to be intentional about the people that I was pouring into in the United States, my life would maybe look pretty similar. You know, mm-hmm. if, I, if I was searching for the people who were very different from me um, and not being like, oh, I can't. Like, I think we grow up a lot of the time in the United States with, like, I can't be friends with someone who is not a believer. Or I can't be friends mm-hmm. with someone who maybe uh believes in reincarnation i don't know but like most people here believe in reincarnation and so it's like okay well really? i have to yeah yeah anyway i think i'm just rambling now but no but i think that's great that. being intentional mm-hmm. about people yeah. that are not necessarily like you yeah. um i remember one time and i was at church and we had a lot of food left over and one of the ladies looked at somebody else and said hey why don't you take all this food to somebody that you know 
like would need the food and it was already cooked food so it had to be consumed you know pretty quick and the person looked at her and said well I don't really know anybody that I could take it to she put her hands on her hips and she goes you got to get yourself some poor friends (laughs) and we all kind of laughed but we're like that was sad that within you couldn't name five people right then or one much less five that you could run that food over and um so, yeah, it is very important to not just stay within our circle of people that look just yeah. like us, that see yeah. things the same that we see. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one thing I love about choosing him and even in act two is that everybody's story is important. Even if they can't see God in it in that moment, it doesn't right. mean he's not. Exactly. And our goal, goal is to let's talk through the stories and mm-hmm. hopefully we can lead you to the point where you see God has been working. Yes. Because he always is. Just because we don't see him doesn't mean he's not. Um, but that is, is, is our goal, just like you're doing in Uruguay. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're showing people your story is important. Your story is impactful and it has a purpose and you're leading them to see God in the middle of it. And, um, yeah. Yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. That's great. It's very cool. So, um, as we wrap up two questions, I want to ask you, the first one is, um, how can people connect with you? Um, if anyone's wanting to look at what you do and support your ministry, how can they connect? Yeah. So you guys can reach out to me anytime. My email is Rachel. I can give it to, to y'all and you can share it with everyone, but it's racheldeanrubin at gmail.com. You can reach out to me anytime and just say, Hey, I, I heard from you on, um, choosing human issues podcast. Um, I'd like to talk to you more and I would love to, to speak with anyone. I'll be in the States in July. Um, we have a work conference, a conference where all of us missionaries get together, um, in the middle of July. So I'll be there with my husband, my baby, for a couple of weeks, and love, love to get together and yeah. meet anyone. I need to um, see Eloise. Yeah, I'm gonna be stopping by your house. <laughs> okay. Don't you worry. Good. I um, need. I need sure. to get my hands on her. I yeah. Know. So, are you on Instagram or Facebook if they want to see yes. actually the work of um, what y'all do? Because that would be yeah, really cool. Yeah. So you guys can follow my Instagram. I can also give that information mm-hmm. um, to y'all, and you can share it with people. But you can also follow La Ruta Montevideo. So it's You're going to have to spell that. <laughs> oh, you can. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Yeah, her. send it to me and I'll um, put it in the notes for anybody right. who's wanting. Yeah. La Ruta MBD. La Ruta MBD is like how I think you would say it in English. Okay. Um, so, and uh, see, I mean, we post a bunch of different things from our ministry. See the kind of people that we're working with, the different things that we're doing. Um I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but if anyone wants to be a part of this work, you can absolutely pray for us. And if you contact me through email, I can let you know some specific prayer requests. And if you want, if you want to support financially our work, you're also able to do so. You can go to cmfi.org/rachelrubin, and um, that is how you can financially support the work that we're doing here. That's so yeah, great. those are the different ways that can be in touch perfect very cool perfect and last we're just going to ask you the same question we ask every one of our guests how do you want to be remembered by like what do you want to be remembered by hmm that is a really good question um I would really like to be remembered as someone who was available Mm -hmm. and 
always had room for everyone at the table. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and that that sums you up. You're always the most welcoming, gracious, hospitable person I've ever known. I'm. You're so much like your mother and father. Both I see so much of both of them in you, and um, you've always greet everyone with a beautiful smile, and your door is always open to everyone, and um, it's beautiful. So, um, thank you so much. Thank you for um sharing your journey because I have so much respect and love for you, and it's just been really wonderful to see your face today. Um, and congratulations with Chris and with precious Eloise. Um, we look forward to seeing you soon. And listeners, um, you know, we all have a journey. Mm-hmm. So whatever your journey is, own it, share it, and you let God use it. And y'all have a blessed day. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank y'all so much. Recording stopped.